Let me begin by saying thank you for the birthday card. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate your very heartfelt applause for my birthday. <laughs> Which I understand. It's really not anything to celebrate as far as clapping, but I thought that was somewhat comical because do I clap or no? I mean, really, we don't usually clap because somebody had a birthday. So anyways, that's fine. John chapter 9 this morning. John chapter 9. Teresa, can you turn this up just a little bit? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would uh, use it in our hearts today, God, that you would use it uh, to be a help to us as we uh, desperately need the help from time to time in our Christian life. So I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought and the ability to illustrate uh, what you've laid upon my heart, and Lord, that uh, it would be good for us to be here today. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of you know that two weeks ago we concluded our study of Psalm 119, and so for the next few weeks we will just be uh, dealing with different thoughts and different ideas from different passages. And so to this morning as we began, I uh, want to share with you a quick story that took place at our house a couple of weeks ago. I know that some of you will not know what I'm talking about. Others of you will have a better idea as to what I'm talking about. But uh, some of you know that we have a pool at our house, an above-ground pool, it's not anything huge or massive, but it is certainly big enough to get in and enjoy. And it's about a 10,000-gallon pool. Now, I don't know if that says much to you, but when you have to empty the thing and refill it, you understand how many gallons 10,000 gallons is. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, the kids were about to go outside and do some swimming. And just almost as soon as they went outside, they came back in, and Nathan said, Dad, I need to show you something with the pool. So if you know anything about our pool, you know how it's set up, you know how it works, you know how the sides are supported by these metal poles that come down off the side, and those metal poles, they are uh, connected with some uh, rods or some, some poles. I don't know the best way to, to illustrate it, but those little rods, they go through these D-rings, and those connect to the poles going up to the side. And uh, Nathan said, one of those has busted. I said, okay, I'll be out there in just a moment. And sure enough, I went outside, and, and just as he said, one of those pins that is connected to the D-ring, that is connected to the poles, it had busted. And it was one of the corner pieces. And so now, rather than the pool being the shape it's supposed to be and level the way it's supposed to be, it was now leaning. And whenever that pin busted on the end piece, on the middle piece, it busted one of the D-rings, which meant it was now sagging. And so one of the sides of our pool was just at a nice little slope. And that being the case, you really can't get in it in the pool, that is, and, and enjoy it the way it's designed to be enjoyed. And so I have to be honest and tell you, whenever I saw that, I immediately became frustrated because I knew that I had a job ahead of me now. And as I was looking at that, a lot of different things ran through my mind. What are we going to do? Could I maybe make some shortcuts and fix it this way and all these different things? But uh, eventually, here's what happened. I had to drain the pool completely and entirely and fix it and then fill it back up. Now, having said all that, 
This morning I want to talk to you for just a couple of moments about what happened to the pull. The pin that connects to the D-ring, that connects to the legs, here's what happened. And I know you don't care about this, but I'm going somewhere with this. There is an explanation as to what took place. Those pins are a little over 16 years old now. So with 16 years of age, being in the weather, the way that they've been exposed to the weather for all these years, it eventually began to rust from the inside out. And at whatever point it happened, because I don't know exactly when it happened, with all the pressure and all the weight of the water in the pool, at some point that pen had had all it could stand. It had endured as long as it could endure and it just popped. Now that would be as best of a technical explanation as I could give to what happened. But sometimes technical explanations don't make you feel better. Does that make sense? So in my mind I'm thinking, how did this happen? Well, Dad, what happened is, is over the years you have all this moisture and these things that it's been exposed to, and it eventually breaks down. Okay, I, I know how it happened. Just, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. How did it happen? Because I want there to be an explanation that satisfies my frustration at the moment. Tell me how this happened. And why did it have to be the end one? Why couldn't it have been this one that wasn't as vital or wasn't as important? Why did it have to be this one? Why did it have to make the other D-ring break on the other leg? You understand what I'm talking about? I can technically give you a description or an explanation as to what happened and what caused it and what produced the problem. But there's not really an explanation that satisfies my emotions in the event. And so because there's not a real good explanation, you have to just come to this conclusion. I guess it happened because it happened. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating. But you know what? It all worked out okay. Because see, here's what happened. I drained the pool one day and I went and I bought the supplies that afternoon that, that needed to be bought to make the repair. And, and that next morning before the kids were awake, before Susie was awake, I got up and I had my prayer time and, and I, I even prayed about the pool repair. I said, Lord, just please help us to go well. I just want it to get done quickly and, and get things put back together. And before anyone was awake, I, I went outside and the Lord, I mean truly, He just allowed everything to go so smoothly and to just go as as, as well as could be expected. And whenever I came in that morning, it was probably about 6.15, 6.30 at that point, whenever I came back in, and Susie asked me a question about the pool, and I said, hey, don't worry about it. I've already got it fixed. We've already got water going back into the pool. It's already filling back up. And, and she said, are you serious? Yeah, baby, I'm serious. <laughs> It all worked out okay because I was a hero in that moment. I, I was celebrated in that moment for how good I was in getting every, everything fixed, put back together, and repaired. Now, hopefully you'll understand why I told you that corny story in just a moment. But this morning as we're in John chapter 9, here's what we know. 
Christ is very much involved now in his public ministry. He is certainly not a stranger to the masses. He is certainly not someone that people are not familiar with. Christ is very much involved in public ministry, and he has disciples who are traveling with him. We know them to be the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. And here's what we know is sometimes the the disciples or the apostles, they did not always exhibit the greatest of understanding or spiritual maturity. Okay, And it is so easy, I think, sometimes for us to be critical of them. But truth be told, if we had many of our flaws recorded in history for everyone to be reminded of, I think sometimes people could say of us, he didn't really exhibit the greatest spiritual maturity in that moment. That would be true of all of us, whether we want to admit that or not, okay? And so this morning we come to a portion of Scripture that many of us are familiar with. Many of us are, are, are very aware of what's happening. And, and it might be easy to look at the disciples and say, Good night, guys. Get your act together. We'll worry about them in just a few moments. But in verse number 1, here's what I want us to do. Just read the verse along with me in your mind as I read it to you. It says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. So here is Jesus. We'll see in just a moment that the disciples were with Jesus. But it says, Jesus passed by. As he did so, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, I want to focus on this man for just a moment because it says in verse number 1 that he was blind from his birth. Now, I know that I don't need to spend time explaining to you what it means to be blind. We know that it means that the man had no sight, okay? Now, if you think about that, here is what you would agree to, I think, is that that would have to be a very frustrating position to be in for many different reasons. Okay, I don't want to make too many parallels here and and too many correlations that would be forcing the issue, but I mean it would be a frustrating situation, kind of like walking out and seeing your pool slope down and, and it falling apart on you, okay? Here's a man who has been born blind, and without doubt, that would create certain frustrations in life. As a blind man in their day, here's what you know, they did not get on some kind of government assistance. There was not some kind of a program in place. And so many times what that would do then is this, is it would force the individual into a life of necessity or into a life of poverty because there were not programs set in place to make sure that all that person's needs were met. That would be a frustration, would it not? Okay, at the same time, it would also force the individual to be dependent upon the kindness and the generosity and the goodness of others. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't like depending on other people. Because sometimes depending on other people just disappoints you in the process. So I don't mind depending on people from time to time. I don't mind doing it on an occasional basis. But if somebody said to me, all right, Kyle, here's what's going to happen now for the rest of your life. You will be dependent upon the kindness and the goodness of other people in your life. I would get nervous pretty quick. Because I like the idea of some self-reliability. I, I like the idea of this, uh, uh, this ability to take care of myself. And so here is this man, and he is in a position that would have been very difficult to be in. It would have been very frustrating at times. There would be so many things about being blind that would be frustrating that for those of us who are sighted, 
we cannot begin to understand what it would be like. So as we consider that statement in verse number 1, that Jesus passed by and saw the man which was blind from his birth, it says in verse number 2, And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now understand, please, in verse number 2, here is what the disciples want to know. Why did this happen? Lord, here is a man who is blind. Here is a man who has no sight. Here is a man who is dependent upon the goodness and the kindness of other people. Here is a man who, without the generosity of others, will lead a very poor life, a very meager life, a very simple life. And so, Christ, here's what we want to know. Why did this happen? Well, there could be all sorts of technical reasons, right? Well, maybe whenever the child was in the womb, something happened and, and it caused that to take place that he was born blind. It could be that obviously something did not develop the way it was supposed to and it caused this and it caused this and it caused this. There could have been technical explanations given, but the technical explanations given would not have satisfied the need that they had emotionally or mentally or rationally to explain why this man was born blind. Because here's what they're thinking and their mindset was, is, Master, there has to be a reason for the man's blindness. Was it the sin of the man or was it the sin of his parents? Christ, there has to be a reason. Now, I don't know what it was about their culture. I don't know what it was about their thinking that the disciples collectively thought there had to be an explanation. But obviously, the disciples as a whole felt as though there had to be some kind of a reason that would satisfy them, that would explain why this man was born blind. Now, before we go any further, I want us to think about just a couple of thoughts. I want us to think about a couple of truths. Here is a man who is born blind, and it comes with that, or, or that blindness comes with it, all sorts of frustrations, irritations, etc., this morning, I know that you know, as well as I know, as well as anyone knows, you know that in life, things happen that produce frustrations in our life. You understand that, right? And it can be so many different things that come about that produce the frustrations in our lives, right? I mean, let's think about just a few of these, because I know you would never come up with this on your own. Sometimes things get frustrating at work. Did you know that? Sometimes things get frustrating at work. It, it, it happens for some of us, not everyone apparently. But, but some, And I was joking, by the way, that you wouldn't come up with these on your own. I don't want you to think I was insulting you. I was being sarcastic. Anyways, facetious. All right. Difficulties at work. You've probably discovered this, that there are times that there are difficulties at home. You ever had difficulties at home, or is it always just smooth sailing? 
It's always just silk and, 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 and smooth at your house. And it's just always nothing but, but greatness. I don't know about you, but there are times that there are frustrations in the home. There are times that a student struggles at school. There are times that we struggle in relationships. There are times that we are passed over for things that we think we deserve. There are times that our health is failing and that we're just not feeling good. I mean, you talk about finances, you talk about relationships, you think about work, you think about so many different things. And life has its issues that produce frustrations and irritations and all sorts of negative feelings And I don't know about you, but here is what I find of myself in the midst of those frustrations. I want an answer for why these things are happening. Have you ever felt that way? If something is not going well in the marriage... I want to know why is this the case? Why are Susie and I at odds? Why is there friction in our relationship right now? What is going on with the kids right now? What is happening? What is taking place? There are times as a pastor I find myself saying over and over again, why is this happening? What is going on here? I want an answer. I want to know what is the source of this problem. The other day, Susie and I were having a conversation. Why is money tight right now? Why is money tight right now? And here's the thing. With every frustration that you and I deal with, there is always a technical explanation available. Why are Susie and I at odds? Well, she was kind of snippy and you were snippy back or you were snippy first and she was snippy back. That is the technical explanation. I understand, but that's not really an explanation. You understand what I'm saying? Why are things tight financially right now? Because you're spending more than you're making. I get that. Just shut up. That's not what I want to hear. There are technical explanations, but sometimes the technical explanations don't satisfy us and the emotional needs that we have or the, the I don't know, just the, the mental or, or the spiritual maybe even, the, the questions that we have as to why this is happening. Now, now understand, please, It is good when frustrations and irritations and problems come. It is good that we do some reflection and we ask, are there reasons for this? But sometimes, here's what we've got to understand in life. Sometimes there is no explanation able to be given that can satisfy the questions we're having. Does that make sense? Sometimes I I can look at things and on paper I can say, okay, it makes sense on paper, but that's not satisfying the question that I still have in my heart and mind related to this issue. I look at a relationship and I say, okay, if I just look at it and I just evaluate it and I just 
analyze it from a very black and white perspective, I can come up with some answers, but that does not answer the bigger question that I have in relation to the problem. So there are times it is good to look and to examine and to say, okay, is there a reason for it? But sometimes I have to come to this conclusion and accept this reality that for this particular problem, there will not be an answer that satisfies me the way I want to be satisfied. There is a problem here, and there is a situation here. Now, now follow this. There is a, a situation here because we live in a sin-cursed world, and problems arise, and situations come up, and issues have to be addressed, and issues have to be dealt with, but it's not because of the fault of any one person or any one party. It's not that you can put your finger on it and say, aha, this is it. Sometimes things happen just because they are allowed to happen. Well, that doesn't satisfy us, but it's the truth. So notice what he said in verse number 2, or what is said in verse number 2, to maybe help us understand this a little bit better. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Lord, give us an explanation that we can accept and that we are okay with. And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. So see, in your minds, you want this explanation that can satisfy your curiosities. You want me to be able to say to you, oh, well, it was him, and he did something in the womb, which would have been ridiculous. But nonetheless, you want me to say to you, well, it's because of something that his parents did. But disciples, I'm going to surprise you here and just tell you right now that it has nothing to do with this man or with the sin of his parents. But he said, I'll tell you why this has happened. He said that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Disciples, I'm going to tell you why this has happened. And I don't know whether or not you'll be mature enough, which Christ wouldn't have said, I don't know, but I'm saying from our perspective, I don't know if you'll be mature enough to understand this or not. But I want you to understand, it was not because of his sin, it was not because of his parents' sin, but you know why this has happened and this man was born blind and he was forced to deal with all of these frustrations for the years that he's been forced to do it? That has happened simply so that the work of God can be made manifest or shown or revealed in this man's life. So what does it mean whenever he references then the works of God? Well, it has several definitions to it, but the general idea would be this. The works of God would be a reference to the hand of God. The hand of God. So what does that mean? It means this. Disciples, you want an explanation that satisfies your curiosities. Why was this man born blind? It had to have been his sin or the sin of his parents. Surely, Christ, isn't that what the problem is? No, guys, it's not what the problem is at all. It's not his sin. It's not his parents' sin. It's not anything other than this. Here is what I want to do, and here is why this man was born blind. 
He was born blind so that the hand of God working in his life could be made manifest or be made known in his life. You see this? He was born blind so that God's power could be seen and revealed and made known in this situation that would have been very frustrating and irritating, etc. But the only reason this happened is so that people can see the hand of God working in his life. And think about this for just a moment. When the hand of God becomes visible in the life of an individual because of the afflictions they have dealt with, etc., then who becomes the hero and who gets the praise and who gets the honor? It is God who worked in the midst of a situation that was not favorable. Now, if you'll think about that for just a moment, if we can put all these thoughts together, then here is what we have. A man born blind, someone wanting answers for what happened, why did this take place, etc. And the Lord said, there is no explanation that will satisfy your curiosities, but I'll tell you why he was born blind, is so that people can see the hand of God in his life, how I am about to work in his situation. I don't know what's going to happen in the next week. I don't know what you're going to face. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know what's going to happen in the next week, in the next two weeks, in the next month, whatever it may be. I don't know what's going to happen in my life or in your life, but I do know this. You and I, every one of us, are headed toward frustrating days at some point. Oh, Brother Kyle, no, I'm going to avoid that. No, you're not. Not any more than I'm going to avoid it. Oh, no, Brother Kyle, I'm going to be really sharp, and I'm going to be really smart, and I'm going to be really wise, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be very discerning, and I'm going to avoid that. Yeah, just like you've done it all these other times, right? Friends, if we knew how to avoid them, we would avoid them all the time. We would never say, well, you know, it's been a while. I guess I'm due one. I'll go ahead and let it happen to me. No, it just comes upon us, and we find ourselves in circumstances and situations that are very frustrating and disappointing and irritating. It's just going to happen to us. Now, when that happens, it is wise, and it is, it is good of us to say, okay, Lord, I want to know, is there a reason that this has happened? God, is it because of something I've done? God, is it because of something we as our family have done? God, is, is there something that has brought about this situation in our life? God, if that's the case, then I'm fine with that. But here's what we need to be ready for. Sometimes there will be no answer to the question, why? 
Kyle, it's not because you were stupid. Kyle, it's not because you're in sin. Kyle, it's not because you are engaged in something and now I have to judge you. The same would be true of you. You're going to find yourself in situations. It's not because of sin and immorality or whatever it may be. It's not because of that. It's because we live in a sin-cursed world. And so in that moment, here is what we have to decide to do. We have to decide to accept that answer. Understanding this, that apparently I am going through this situation, whatever it is, so that the works of God can be made manifest in my life so that God can become the hero and God gets all the glory for what I'm having to deal with. Lord, why am I dealing with this health issue? Is it because of something I've done? Is it something that I've brought upon myself? No, 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 that, that's not it. But here's what I want to do. I want to reveal my power, my hand, through you and the situation you're going through. Lord, this, this problem over here that I'm dealing with at work, is it because of something I did? Is it because of something that, that I've brought on myself? No, 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 that, that's happened because we're living in a sin-cursed world and problems like this are going to arise. But I want you to understand, the Lord would say to us, what I want to do is I want to manifest the hand of God in your life. I want to manifest the power of God in your life so that when you come through this, everyone sees who the hero is in this story, that it was God who worked on your behalf and not you that worked on your behalf and that you accomplished it. I've allowed this to happen so that others can see me working in your life. Now that takes some maturity to come to grips with that, doesn't it? Because if I didn't do something to bring this on myself, then why do I have to deal with it? That's what most of us would think, whether we would be that honest or not. If I'm not in trouble for something I did, then why am I being treated like I'm in trouble? If he did it, why am I getting disciplined? No, 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 it's not about discipline. It's not about punishment. It's not about you being in trouble. It's about you now being a vessel that I can manifest the, the hand of God and the power of God in your life so that everyone else will be able to see how good God is in the midst of this situation. I don't know if we've ever thought about it like this. I know that I haven't thought about it in a while if I've ever thought about it like this. But it's possible that the situations that I go through or the situations you go through, it is possible that God has allowed that for this reason. To let someone else see God's grace in your life. God, why am I going through this? So that this person over here looking on sees my grace. Well, God, why am I dealing with this? 
so that this person over here can see my mercy. Well, God, why am I dealing with this? Listen, it has nothing to do with you. Shut up. There's a bigger picture than you. I'm letting this happen to you so that someone over here can see my provision, so that someone else can see my goodness, so that someone else can see my strength. This man, though he probably didn't know it until that day, this man was simply a vessel that God was going to use to reveal his power to the disciples and everyone else who would hear the story. Now, did the man enjoy being the vessel all those years? Probably not. But that wasn't his place to decide. Do you and I enjoy being the vessel? I'm going to just be honest and tell you, I don't. God, show your grace and power and mercy and goodness and provision in the life of someone else, not me. But you and I don't get to decide. You and I don't get to choose. And so again, it takes some maturity. It takes some, uh, it takes some understanding. There are reasons things happen. But those reasons don't always satisfy us emotionally or spiritually. And we just want to know why beyond that. There may or may not be a reason beyond that. But if there's not, accept this fact that God has allowed it so that he can manifest his works, his hand, his power in your life. So that at the end, he is the hero and he is the one who gets all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. I promise you, if you don't need the message right now, you will need it in the future. And I would challenge us as much as I can at this moment. I would challenge us. Say, Lord, however you choose to use me so that you get the glory, that's how I want you to use me. So that others get to see you and how you've worked in and through my life. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. Lord, I, I hope and, and I, I will trust that we understand the thoughts of this passage and we understand a little bit more of what you've conveyed and, and brought to our attention. God, that there's not always a, a, a good reason in our minds for why things have happened. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight to accept, or this morning, that you'd help us to accept what you bring into our lives just as a, an instrument, as a tool to show your power working through us. And I pray that you'd help us to respond in a right way, in a way that would be pleasing to you. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.